Never take life seriously. Nobody gets out alive anyway. You're listening to the Action Figure Blues Podcast, episode number 154, for the week of Wednesday, the 4th of February, 2015. I'm Scott, and with me tonight are... John. And Ben. This episode is brought to you by Mike's Comics and Stuff and ActionFigureBlues.com. Tonight, our toy of the week is the DC Collectibles Zatanna Bombshell statue, and our discussion topic is A Toy History of DC Comics Batgirl. Another week, another podcast. How are we, gentlemen? Spitting. Fantastic. John, you sound like awake. No. No? Okay. <laughs> not awake yet? No, not yet. Okay, well, I'll do Ben first then. Ben, um, how are you, my friend? I am excellent. Excellent. I had a haircut. <gasps> Brilliant. Which one? <laughs> Rub it uh, in. Uh, rub it in. Two thousand three hundred and six. Okay, excellent. <laughs> the, lady, the lady who cuts my hair has been doing it for about oh, twenty-two years. Wow! Yeah, she, you mean you have a compulsive routine? I had no yeah. idea. <laughs> I know it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. When, when I was a kid, she she had a whatever you want to call it salon type thingy down at my local sort of uh, grouping of shops and. Uh, I just started going there, and she was quite nice, and you know, did what I wanted, and so I kept going back, kept going back, and then I went there one day, and she said, "I'm retiring," and I said, "Oh," and she said, "But I'm um, setting up like a little thing in my, you know, front front room of my house, and so I'm going to keep half a dozen customers, and you know, your hair's easy to do, so if you'd like me to keep doing it, I will." And um, she's about seventy-two now. Brilliant, and. And I know that she does quite as good a job as she used to, <laughs> but she's just the nicest woman ever. And she, I think she, she also does it because um, it's a social thing. Sure. Because she's retired, you know, she's got these half a dozen customers that pop in, you know, once every four or six weeks or something, and she can have a bit of a chat and a bit of extra money. Um, and so I sort of came home today and, and Mrs. Shake was like, what? And I'm like, oh, I think it's a bit uneven here. Could you even it up? She's like, why does this keep happening? Because like, she's old and she loves to talk. <laughs> but I, I also see her at my, um, at my local shopping center because we live like one suburb apart. And so I, um, you know, I bump into her at the supermarket and places like that and we have a chat and I just couldn't, I, I think it, she would literally die if I went elsewhere. <laughs> Um, Have you she, ever seen the haircut episode of Seinfeld? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It can be a bit like that, can it? Like, you know, when you feel like, oh, I feel really bad. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I did actually once get a haircut when I was away on a uh, four weeks holiday, and it was just driving me mad. And so I had a haircut. And then the next time I went to see her, she, she just looked at me. You know how they look in the mirror over your mm. head? She just looked in the mirror and went, you've had a haircut. And I, I just felt like I'd cheated on my wife. Like, just, 
Anyway, it's the highlight of my week. Uh, I wish I could find a loyal um, gardener like that. Or <laughs> the, the the Scotty gardener saga continues because you know we've been through lots of hassle. Finally, found a really good guy. Does exactly what we want, you know, etc. And then I just got a text from him this morning saying, "Oh, I've sold my business." Um, <laughs> And, uh, you know, I've spoken to this guy and he understands that, you know, blah, blah, blah. But it's just like, you know, it's going to be a pain. I can just tell. Yeah. <laughs> and I told Mrs. Scotty and she was like, no. <laughs> so, hey, John, how are you? I'm okay. Yeah. Uh, I got a new um, podcast I'm listening to this week. And it's kind of strange because I went back and I've been listening to past episodes and I normally don't do that. When I start a new podcast, I just start and go on. But, um, you guys know me and my little vintage obsession that I have mm. living in the past. Mm. And this is the Atari 2600 game by game podcast. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and, and he takes like a game or two each week and kind of goes through the history, you know, what different versions were available, boxes. And it, it, it's cool to hear, um, a different collector with the same passion kind of that we do. Yeah. You know, collecting something different. Yeah. And you know, I, it, it's not something I'm going to go out and collect, but, um, just kind of reliving those old game memories. is just really cool. And, um, you know, there's background you didn't know as a kid, you know, this, this guy programmed it, but you know, he was under contract or, you know, didn't have enough time or they didn't have enough memory in the cartridge or whatever. So yeah, it's kind of cool. Wow. So if you like Atari games, go check that out. That's for sure. What's it called again? Atari 2600 Game by Game. And he has a Facebook page and Twitter and all that stuff. So. Oh, well, we'll say hi because I'm sure he's listening. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm quite amazed sometimes when people, we will occasionally get feedback and people say, hey, guys, you know, I just discovered your show recently and uh, I've gone back to catch up on all the episodes and I'm really caught up. And I'm like, Really? Like why? But <laughs> there you go. Listen to us evolve in uh, yeah, three years in two weeks. Yeah, I can get that more actually for something like that uh, Atari thing where it's covering stuff that isn't time sensitive, sensitive yeah. anyway. Um, you know, and you just tell you want to hear it all. Yeah. 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 Well, I've went back and I've just picked out like games either I had or wanted to know more about. Like yeah. um, I yeah, listened yeah. to the. The, the Sword Quest, Earthworld, and Fireworld episodes, because those are kind of controversial games. So, the um the one podcast that I have done that with, where I found it and then went back to the beginning, was a fantastic uh, comedy podcast called Mike and Tom Eat Snacks. Yes, yeah. Which was Tom Kavanaugh, who is currently playing Professor Wells on the Flash show. Um, oh. Yeah, and then uh, I can't remember the other guy. Sorry, um, he was in Ed. Yeah, they were in Ed together. The other, yeah, yeah. and uh, that was freaking hilarious because it, it was all a piss take, right? But they'd be like, you know, today we're doing Oreos, and sometimes it would be a lot about the snack, and sometimes not at all, really. Mm. Um, but it 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 they obviously stopped doing it. Um, so I kind of you know went back, and then when it. Stopped. I'm like, no, <laughs> make more. There's more snacks. <laughs> like whenever they would do something like cheese doodles and they would talk about how much of the residue would stay on your fingers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Uh, all right. Well, we, what about you? oh, hey, how am I? Um, mm. 
I'm good. I had a week at home and, uh, basketball started up today. So miss 14, um, still playing the two teams. OMG. Um, mm-hmm. but today they were right after one another, which was hard for her, but great for me. Cause then we weren't <laughs> there as long and they won both games and blah, blah, blah. Um, so that's all good. It's actually very healthy because it's, it's a couple of kids from school, but mostly just other kids. And I think it's good, you know, just going and doing something with different, kids and um and my kids started back at school this week um so and my big kid as well the boss lady um so that's all all good so yeah just kind of normal normal nice week sweet yeah with a very exciting acquisition that i'll talk about later but ben will probably cry while i'm doing it so yeah it could be awkward uh but there's time before that, and uh, I think we probably need to get started with some articulated news. What do you reckon? All right. Yep. Okay. Duke's in trouble! Scramble the Storm Eagle! Hunting <laughs> Joe Storm Eagle has a hidden water cannon that shoots up to 20 feet, but the Cobra Liquidator's making a splash, and the Parasite's launching catapult missiles! Mobilize the Patriot! It's the G.I. Joe Patriot with a huge mortar cannon that really fires! <laughs> G.I. Joe Patriot, Storm Eagle, Cobra, Parasite, and Liquidator sold separately. I found the Barracuda! But Duke's gone. So glad you could join us. <laughs> well, now it's time for the news. It's not all the news. It's just our favorite and perhaps least favorite bits of the news that came out this week. And I am starting off with something that could be really exciting but isn't. Uh, <laughs> and that is that Funko and Marvel have teamed up for a Collector Core uh, subscription that will be a bi-monthly box of great stuff that we can't have because there's no international shipping. Yes. I noticed that as well. Uh, fuck you very much. Yep. Um, so like one of the reasons why uh, the idea of something like loot crate, etc., appeals to me, but I haven't signed up for it is because I think there would be a lot of boxes themed around things that I really don't care about. And I have enough crap. Yep. Anyway, I don't need to buy boxes of crap. Yep. Um, but something like Funko with a, you know, a more, uh, focused product, if it's just Marvel, etc., I would totally go in for that. Um, and so I went through the little sign up process. I looked on the, um, FAQs, etc. I didn't say anything about where it could be shipped, etc. And in fact, you can go right through the checkout and, choose your country because the whole list of countries are there and then unless you live in the united states it says oh sorry there's no shipping solutions for this country yeah even canada i found the same Ugh. Mm. yeah so if you're in the states and you like funko and marvel then you'll be really happy because uh starting in april with a marvel's avengers age of ultron uh box which will include an exclusive six inch iron man hulk buster um, no strings attached. <laughs> yeah, that's Ultron. Okay. Um, then, uh, then you'll be very happy. But if you don't live in the US or have a United States address, um, then too bad. So sad. I did actually email them. It took me, uh, in fact, I couldn't even find a contact um, <sighs> address on the site. So I actually had to go through the main Funko site to actually email them to say, Hey, you didn't mention anything about international shipping, not even a, we don't ship internationally. So yeah, you will have some kind of update. Yes. I mean, there are like, there are actually services 
uh, in Australia that you can sign up for that give you a US address and then ship it. Um, and you know, I, I could be moved to do something like that, um, for something that I was desperate about, yeah. but for something like this, that's just like, a, Oh, that would be fun. But that requires effort. I'm not, you know, sorry. So, I mean, obviously if you look on social media and the things I've been posting, almost all the posts are, please send this to other countries. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Um, I was doing nerd block for a while and I, I like the idea of this one being bi-monthly. Cause I think that that's a little more, um, you know, I think that's just a little better manageable. Getting, yeah. 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 Okay. Well, I mean, Loot Crate has a Australia service now. Um, so it's not super expensive. If you, you kind of go monthly, it's under $30 a month. Um, but again, I think for me, like my something that is tied to a particular property appeals to me because I know I'm going to like what I get. Whereas when I look at the Loot Crate, uh, months, there are themes that are based around video games, et cetera, which just, you know, it would be all rubbish to me. So you'd feel like you wasted your money. So hopefully if this goes well, then they might expand to international as well. But I really feel like in 2015 to, you know, American companies that are still doing things just for America are pretty dumb. (laughs) I don't know that I've much that. (laughs) Well, sorry. Hello. I mean, like there's a whole world out there. Um, and it's just silly because it, it, I think it creates more bad, bad will, et cetera, than it's that kind of effort. It's the same thing. I feel the same way about American eBay, eBay sellers that won't ship out of the U S is too much of a pain. Oh, exactly. But it's just like, you know, get your freaking head out of your ass and realize that there's a whole world out there and that it's actually not hard. Other people do it all the time, you know? Anyway, uh, rant over. Um, <laughs> if you can get this, then you'll be getting a Funko exclusive thing, uh, a T-shirt, and then it says two premium accessories, which is pretty vague, but, yeah. you know, it'll be interesting to see. But that um, Hulkbuster looks so fun. Um, yes, yeah. yeah, that makes me cranky. Uh, there are two <laughs> levels. Uh, that's, pretty, that, that's pretty light for one of those boxes, though. I mean, compared to the other services like Loot Crate and stuff, I think, isn't it? Apparently it's $50 value for $25. So. Mm, okay. How much are the uh, oversized pops in the States? I, I have never seen one, so I... Okay. You know. Yeah. So, no idea. I suppose that they're, they're going to be smaller runs as well because they are exclusive to this service. They're not going to be sold at retail, so that probably increases the price of producing them. Um, but I'm sure that they're making money off it. <laughs> I'm sure it's not a charity. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll keep eye on that and see if they at least say anything because they haven't even responded to anything uh, about people talking about the international shipping. So it's a, yeah, there you go. Um, on to things that I can buy in Australia, uh, or get shipped to Australia. Hot toys has announced it's Thanos, uh, and throne, uh, figure and, um, sideshow is sending shipping this to Australia. I've got no idea what the, you know, can ship, can't ship thing is. Yeah, yeah. It, must be, it might be license specific. Yeah, I have no idea. Um, so there you go. Uh, but this is um, 
going to be not cheap. Uh, it is over $400 US, but it includes um, both Thanos and the throne, and the throne has got an LED light-up function, and he is going to be 15 inches tall. Yes, that's rather large. Oh, yes. So when we get to Feeding the Addiction, you'll find out whether any of us pre-ordered this or not. <laughs> um, but very Spoilers, it wasn't me. Very, very exciting. <laughs> and then um, on the other side of the... Wait, wait. Oh, wait, wait. What lights up? Something on his throne. It says his it's throne with LED. It's light stone. I, I don't know. Um, yeah, to, to be determined. I'm not quite yeah. sure. You know you're a powerful dude when your throne lights up. <laughs> Either that or you're like, oh, wait. If you have a look at the... Um, there's the throne you can see like it's a stone thing, but then it has some clear supports. So I would hazard a guess that it might be something in there. Maybe it, the base, you know, there's lights in the base and then it glows in the supports or whatever. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the, uh, yeah, the throne and the fact, you know, it's not just the figure, but that this like really awesome. Oh, wait. Sorry, I take it all back. If you look at, there's a photo of him sitting it, sitting on the throne. Uh, it's got there are uh, light ups in the bottom of the stone uh, planks of the bay. Yeah, yeah, awesome. I think it's awesome. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay, you'll allow that. I guess. Awesome. Okay. It doesn't look like flame shooting out of the ass. So. No. <laughs> okay. Good. Love it. Um, and then McFarlane has announced new comic Walking Dead comic series figures and uh, a weird bit of a half wave of um, TV figures, but we'll do the comic ones first. This is a new set of four that includes Abraham, uh, Carl, um, spoilers, after losing an eye, um, and uh, Jesus, um, or Paul Monroe, as he's also known by, known by, and then the pincushion zombie, which I'm not um, – I wonder if that's after I start reading this. I'm not sure. Does it, I didn't re- realize that Abraham's last name was Ford. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Abraham Ford. Yeah. Hmm. So, uh, you know, this – this is a, they certainly have been doing a nice job with these comic figures. Um, you know, that I really like the packaging of them too. And, uh, yeah, this is the Carl in particular comes with a couple of different heads so you can have bandage on or a bandage off if you're more focused on gore, etc. Um, and, uh, he, and some nice accessories as well. Um, the Abraham looks pretty sweet. So he does actually. Yeah. yeah. He really it's does. Yeah. The, um, again, I know I said this last week talking about the TV figures. One of the things I think that is a bit of a drawback of these is just this lack of consistency in the lines in, you know, packaging quality, etc. Um, because the comic series I think has gotten quite good. Like I saw the Andrew, I've seen the Andrea mm-hmm. a couple of times and thought, man, that's such a nice figure, but what would I put it with? Because, you know, I've got, I have the Michonne, um, but, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of it. And it doesn't feel like a cohesive enough line, um, for me, but I suppose I just haven't been collecting it religiously enough. Yeah. Um, but they've definitely cer- certainly pumping the stuff out and seem to be really improving. Um, I saw the um, 
building blocks figures at Walmart this week. Oh, wow. I know. Florida mom's going to be upset. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I, I didn't expect to see them. And um, I was actually kind of surprised because they, they look really good um, for a you know, building block set. So I, I was impressed. Yeah, I've seen and, a couple of very positive reviews. And they, they had um, blind bag mini, the, the minifigures with it, which I didn't realize were coming out. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, that's your Walmart people. Yeah, that is cool. Um, and then they've announced T- Walking Dead TV series 7.5. <laughs> so, I guess it's 7.5 because there's only two figures. But there's Woodbury Assault Rick Grimes, which is based on the Suicide King episode. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it certainly doesn't look like the most stellar head sculpt, but there you go. And then a flu walker, um, also from season four, spoilers, when the flu outbreak grips the prison, spoilers. Um, so kind of weird, I think, to only release two figures. I don't quite get that. For a um, flu walker, he actually does look pretty healthy compared to a lot of the zombies. Yeah, well, that's because he just died. No, oh, okay. Yeah, so. you know how they got the, the thing, uh, you know, the, and... Uh, <clears throat> One thing I actually just watched that again recently, and um, you know, it's it's quite interesting. Obviously, when you're writing something, how the amount of time between death and transformation um, is very fluid, depending on you know how you want it to work. So there was some very very quick death to zombies in that one. <laughs> so they're pretty fresh, right? And yes, kids, if you're wondering, that is called a rotary phone. That's right. Yeah. So Rick comes with the phone. Um, I actually really love the way that they uh, did that in the comics. Uh, did that in the TV show because obviously in the comics it was quite an ongoing thing, and you know it was to show that he was unstable, etc. But the way that they still managed to bring that into the TV show, but not labor it. Um, it was also much much later in the comics. It was it was not until he and um, Carl leave the prison. Yeah, yeah, but it was after Laurie died. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so she in in the in the TV show she died before they left the prison, so. Yeah. Yeah. Um but you know they I thought the way that they did it in the TV show was really nice because they didn't kind of I think it went on a little bit long in the comics really. Um but yeah, so he comes with a phone and yes, um it's a, a historical document. I had this I had a funny conversation with my youngest the other day cuz she was working on a word document and uh I said, "Have you saved yet?" And she was like, oh, I don't know how to save in this computer. And I said, just click the save icon. And she was like, where is it? I'm like, it's the one with the disc. <laughs> and she was like, that's not a disc. What are you talking about? Like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, no, never mind. I just, it's the save icon. Okay. <laughs> it's like the phone icon on your phone is a, you know, an old handset. <laughs> anyway, that actually is my news. Um, yep. So, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy fans, Walking Dead fans will be very happy, and uh, Marvel Funko fans who live in the United States of America will be thrilled as well. And now I'm handing over to John. Well, our good friends at Funko have more news. They have announced more legacy figures, and I'm sure Ben will be excited. These are six-inch legacy from Evolve, and they're also doing pops for Evolve as well. Uh, the six inch figures include Markov, Val, Hank, Maggie, and Goliath. And it looks like you got about the same assortment in the pops as well. 
So this is the video game, is it? Yes. He's, okay. I have not played this game. Um, my favorite out of all of this is the Hank Pop vinyl, though. Um, he's an old guy with a beard and goggles and a cigar, which is kind of odd. I'm sure Florida mom will be upset about that. Uh oh. <laughs> yeah. Riding, smoking, jeez. Evil. The the legacy figures look pretty good. Um, I think. <laughs> well, the the promo shots look good. Yeah, I'm oh, not familiar with the true. game at all, but they they look good to me. That Goliath figure that they're showing there. Um, that would almost fit in with a Pacific Rim type. Yeah. You know, it's got that, that kaiju kind of look to it. Looks yeah, pretty yeah. good. Looks like someone Hellboy would fight. Uh, you know, that would be another one you could, you know, if you're looking for something to pose it with. Mm. And I don't know what's going on with Maggie's hair, but that kind of scares me. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're fans of the game Evolve, well, you're in for a treat. But uh, we got some other news this week, and, and this is actually the one that I saw everywhere on Twitter and Facebook. And that's uh, Lego has announced a uh, almost 3,000-piece set, and it is, of course, the Shield Helicarrier. And it's marked as the Avengers, not not from the new film, but um, the minifigures are actually, I guess, in their new film costumes from what yeah. I've read. Yeah. Hmm. So. And it comes with uh, Cap, Black Widow, Hawkeye, Nick Fury, and Maria Hill. Yeah, that thing looks big. <laughs> and I think it's Maria's Maria Hill's first time in Lego. Mm-hmm. Well, it says it has twelve figures completely. So, oh wow! I'm assuming the rest of them are all technicians, maybe. Huh? It says uh, microscale Quinjets, fighter jets, and support vehicles. So. Um, you know, it must have like a little extra. The, the vehicles must be on a different scale, kind of like, uh, kind of like how Hasbro did theirs. But I am sure that the Lego will be much better. Hmm. So. That that looks like it's going to be uh, a big undertaking. Yes, yes, it does. Ah, uh, I get what it is now. But they actually uh, give you figures in that scale as well. So you get the five regular minifigures and then the 12 micro figures. And the micro figures are little tiny ones in scale with the jets and stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah, I get it now. I get it. (laughs) Micro figures. Um, If you want to add lights and spinning rotors, you can do that by adding a couple of other power function sets. But they will be sold separately. And it comes with this display stand. Interesting. uh, This should be a nice set. I don't see me getting it, but, uh, you know, if you're a Lego maniac, that might be something you'd like. I bet Adam will be seriously looking into this. I just don't know where you'd put it. Yeah. You know, because it wouldn't be because it's Lego. You really couldn't hang it. You know, you'd want to display it on it on its stand. But I don't know. Three thousand pieces. Three yeah, thousand, three thousand pieces. <laughs> I can't remember how many were in the R two D two that uh, Miss Fourteen and I are still working on. Um, but you know, it's actually I had this really funny thought. Well, because we've had a bit of trouble with it. Like she started on her own. She wanted to join on her own, and then she was like, "I need help," and we ended up having to kind of take it all apart just because it was too hard 
to work out where she'd mucked up. You know, and then there was, there was, I had this thought where I was like, why is this in so many goddamn little pieces? (laughs) Yeah. And I was like, Oh, hmm. (laughs) Yeah. I, I hate when you're putting a Lego set together and you miss it by like one little stud. Yeah. And it's like, you know, 10 step earlier and you're like, Oh, I want this fit. And then you're like, Oh yeah. Damn it. <laughs> the R2D2 has multiple instruction booklets, like, you know, for different stages of it. And it, she just kind of got way ahead of herself. And I think she's, I don't know what happened, but yeah, in the end it was like, I think we just have to kind of start again. So he's on, he's on the shelf at the moment in an incomplete state, but, uh, we needed a frustration break, but we will, we'll tackle him again. I think you need to you save up you. money. So like if you get something like a Death Star, you can pay some neighborhood kid to put it together. <laughs> Did you say if any of my circuits or gears will help, I'll gladly donate them. Or <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> oh my gosh, that was hilarious! All right, more news. Kodo, Kodo, Kodo. I never get to say this one. Kodobakia. Oh my gosh. I actually, I just did that for your benefit. Oh, you're so mean. (laughs) Next, you're going to intentionally misuse apostrophes just to annoy me. I won't do it intentionally. I will do it, but not intentionally. Okay. Um, Anyway, they are coming out with something kind of different for them. These are little, little L I apostrophe L. There's your, there's your apostrophe. Uh, Gotham minifigures. And these are two packs and they look like army men. They're about two inches tall. And they are solid color, no paint, and uh, they come in a rainbow of, of flavors. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> they are just these little stylized army men looking things. Uh, uh, you know, it looks like you got Batman, Joker, Harley. Um, I'm not sure what which all ones we're looking at here. There's a Robin. Yeah. Yeah. There's it looks like a Damien Robin, isn't it? It does, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and a poison ivy, I think. So that's Catwoman. Is that what the green one is? Poison I think so, yeah. yeah Catwoman yeah. sitting there with her legs crossed. Oh, yeah. With a cat in her lap. Oh. Uh, well, never mind. <laughs> the, yeah. Uh, I, I'll, I'll skip the easy joke. <laughs> this is definitely... Oh, you're terrible. This is definitely um, not my thing. I, well, with, with your OCD, given that each... Each character comes in six colors. Oh, good lord! No there's way. seven figures, so yeah, forty-two six. possible. Hmm. Are they gonna? So, yeah, I I just think the color thing is weird because they look like little erasers. Yeah, do you know I mean like they don't look like collectibles mm. to me? They look like little things that you buy. Yeah, yeah, and it, and they're only in two packs. And they're randomly selected two packs. So I wonder if they must be blind bagged, I would assume. Maybe. I don't know. Do not know. But uh, interesting. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah. Like, without the need for paint apps, you just wonder just what the price point will be on these. They might be cheap enough to, you know, when you pick up your weekly stash at the comic shop, you just throw one in the pile. Yeah, I'd, but like the Joker... If you just see him on his own, I don't know that you know that's the Joker. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, like same thing with, like I said, poison ivy. I I wasn't a hundred percent sure that was poison ivy at first either. So, I suppose this is Kodobukiya trying to look at that you know low end 
market. Um, and, uh, yeah, like you said, if it's that kind of price point where it's blind bag stuff that you might grab on your way out of the comic shop, whatever, and they want a slice of that, well, that's cool. Um, but it'll be interesting to see both the price point and, um, the quality. The, uh, Batman is very Dark Knight Returns looking, I think. Mm. He's very stocky. Yes. You know, with yeah. the baggy underpants. Uh-uh. Anyway, we will move on, and I'm going to hope to do this justice for Adam because this is Figure Art Zero Vegeta Gallic Gun from Dragon Ball Z. So, as the name denotes, this is a Figure Art Zero, meaning uh, he doesn't move. I'm pretty sure it's Vegeta, isn't it? <laughs> oh, crap. Vegeta. <laughs> Vegeta. Vegeta. <laughs> that sounds better. That's how we now. say it in the States. No, <laughs> I don't think so. They say in the northern it, states, in, in Indiana, yeah, that's in Indiana. They say Vegeta, yeah, Vegeta, <laughs> Dragon Ball. Yeah. Anyway, carry on. Um, it's going to be a Tamashi Web exclusive, available only in select areas, such as North America, through Bluefin affiliated retailers. Um, he's got like a base that's like a purpley energy effect and then he's got energy effects coming out of the back of his forearms as well um he looks okay i mean he looks like one of those figure at zero so uh, see i'm confused because i thought that vegeta had um yellow hair i think that's later on Oh, okay. Yeah. See, this is where we need Adam because he's always like, oh no, yeah. that's before the episode yeah. 37 Vegeta. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it was on screen for three seconds. Yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of wonder, his palms are purple to match the energy effect coming out of the back. And I don't know if that's paint or maybe that whole piece is translucent or. No idea. Just to know that. No. Because yeah, that would be. That would be cool if that was like kind of like lightly painted over where the the translucent effect would go through into his palms. That would have been cool. <laughs> you know, I actually um, I was on the Tamashi uh, website. I was looking to see if anybody in nearby was a retailer, and it came up with a place. And I went in there, and it was like a train RC type hobby store. You know what I'm talking about? You guys have those. Um, and I went in and asked. I said, "Well, I was on the." you know, Tamashi website and it said that you guys were affiliated with them. Do you, can you order that stuff or, and they're like looking at me like I had three heads and <laughs> excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, we don't know what you're talking about. What? Okay. I'm just going to go along now. Uh, we once sent them an inquiry email and, you know, they just added this to their list. Yeah, um, somebody uh, was flying a little one of those little quadcopters around and almost hit me in the head. And oh, I nice! I was already pissed off at that point. So <laughs> but, maybe he was practicing to take on the White House again. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Oh dear! <laughs> but it, you you can't fly something because there was just so much visual clutter in the place. You know, you just can't do that to somebody. But, mm. I don't know. Well, you can, you know, it's like, um, my favorite is, uh, those roller skate shoes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Cause yeah, to me, like 
automatically, I think anyone that decides that they want to buy those for their kids should just have the children taken away from them because it obviously means that they don't care about them or their impact on other people. Yep. Um, and the self-restraint that is required by me to not trip those kids over when they're zooming around me in the shops is <laughs> monumental. Yeah, and then suddenly you become the villain. I know. Like, it's just, you know, and I, I got attacked by like three of them the other day, three brothers, and then, you know, the mother's just kind of wandering behind them, not paying any attention, is nearly knocking me over. Those have kind of died out here. I don't see those <sighs> anymore. Used to see them in Walmart all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I actually debated on getting a pair for work. I thought that <laughs> probably some kind of OSHA hazard or something. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Vampires. Ben. Yes. I had, didn't appear to have any exciting news, so could you please save us? I can. I can. Um, Nika seemed to save up their news and then just release the valve in one high-pressure release, and we've had a whole bunch of stuff uh, from them this week. And the first, uh, hot on the heels of their dog alien, which came out in the recent uh, Aliens series, I think Wave 3, uh, in, uh, in continuing to adapt the whole video game style They've announced an 8-bit dog alien. So I guess what that really means is they're just taking an existing character and repainting it to look like it's um, from a crap video game. But uh, it actually has come off rather well. So, you know, they have that unique sort of painting style to make them look like a cheesy-coloured, um, you know, Nintendo game from 25 years ago. And, uh, yeah, it works pretty well, I reckon. They seem to come in two different versions. There's a brown version and a blue version. But um, yeah, I'm trying to... Sorry, John. I was trying to work out if they're both in the box, same box or. No, I think you get the option, but um, I, I think one of the most fun things about these figures is the box. Um, I think they've done a fantastic job of kind of uh, basically, you know, replicating an old Nintendo box, um, you know, even with that little medallion in the corner and that sort of thing. And the box even looks quite weathered and dog-eared along the spine and on the corners and. Um, yeah, I don't know. I haven't actually picked up any of these figures yet, but that's probably because I, I just haven't seen them um, in hand. I think if I did actually have the opportunity to have a bit of a, a look, I might be tempted. But um, yeah, look, and if you're you know, building up a, an alien's army, then there's just someone else you could uh, pick up and put in the background. Huh. I kind of really like the look of the black one. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I don't know, but it just kind of appeals to me. Yeah, it says the game came out in 1992, so there you go. It was a, a while ago. So, but uh, yeah, it's an, it's, an, it's still an adaptation of the existing figures. So it's um, I Necker have really gone to town with their articulation. So the fun thing about this is you get the vintage look, but you get that really uh, modern sort of articulated figure. Yeah. There you go. Um, moving on and talking about uh, old um, licenses, they have announced a one-quarter scale penguin. So. That means he's about six inches tall. Uh, <laughs> um, no, no. This is um, the Danny DeVito penguin from Batman Returns, one-quarter scale from uh, 1992. There you go. Um, but anyway, he stands 15 inches tall, which is still pretty impressive. I don't know whether that's 15 inches tall to the, the top of his hat, but um, this is actually really neat. Like They've gone crazy with the, the coat. Looks like you get the the faux leather coat and it's got the uh, the fur collar and the fur sort of um, cuffs on the end of his sleeves and it comes with an umbrella and uh, and, it, and it looks weathered that's what it I does like about yeah it. yeah 
Yeah, yeah, and it's obviously later in the film because he's got sort of the, the whole black, um, you know, inky thing all over his um, his lips and whatnot. So, I think this is really interesting to see Necker um, starting to do some, you know, mixed media stuff um, because you know they're quarter scale. Uh, figure some of them have had fabricy capes, etc. But this is a lot more, obviously intricate, um, and you know something like a working quarter scale umbrella as well, etc. Um, it's also interesting too, you know, because uh, Hot Toys teased ages ago that they had the license for mm. this film and then haven't done anything. Um, but I wonder whether or not quarter scale. Like, you know, this is cool, but, like, I would never want it in quarter scale. I don't. Yeah, yeah, it's a, a, a mixed bag. I mean, I also wonder whether this is the sort of thing that if it's uh, if it's all done on computer, whether they can scale it down and produce it as a seven-inch scale figure as well to go with their Keaton Batman. Hmm. Hmm. But anyway, look, it seems um, pretty impressive. I mean, the coat's fully removable, so is the hat. Looks beautiful. Working umbrella. Yep. Yeah, it looks um, good, but I've never liked that version of the character. Ever. Yeah, he's a bit over the top, but that's pretty much a Batman movie for you. <laughs> um, very nice. All right, moving on. And uh, I think, John, you commented a while back about how the uh, the Pacific Rim, the NECA Pacific Rim series, just keeps on chugging along and how impressive it is that they managed to get so deep into the um, range of characters. And, uh, boy, did they. Because, um, well, we get another Gypsy Danger figure, and I think we've had... Uh, well, we've had quite our fair share of Gypsy Danger figures, and this one is um, Reactor Blast Gypsy Danger. So, in other words, it's just another battle-damaged um, Gypsy Danger. His entire right arm is missing, but um, he's got his uh, big sword thingy sticking out of his arm. And, yeah, yeah, look, you know, by now, if you're a fan of Gypsy Danger, you're in luck. You'll have many to choose from. But anyway, the, um, the cool thing about this particular wave is we actually get the fan requested. So, good on your fans. Uh, and that's Horizon Brave, who is a Mark I Chinese Jaeger, one of the first Jaegers ever constructed. Um, and uh, basically you only see small snippets of this guy during the film. But, um, yeah, they've actually managed to uh, obviously get the rights to do this one as well. So nice to actually see him in all of his glory. I get this, you know how you're saying you only see him for a, a bit of the film, etc. I get that kind of toy creation and production in this scale a lot more than I do the Hot Toys Iron Man Hall of Armor stuff. Mm. You know, like, cause it, I mean, it's not gonna, it's not bank breaking stuff if you wanted to collect a bunch of these. Um, and, uh, they've done, gosh, they do such a good job. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this is another one I hope that, you know, it can easily be scaled up and down because the idea that you can appeal to fans of both six inch and those huge 18 inch figures, um, which yeah. are very impressive. So yeah. These are great. I, I actually haven't picked one up yet and I really don't know why. I mean, I don't know what's because I just, I really like the idea of the 18 inch ones and I don't want to commit to sort of two lines, but I haven't picked one up from that either. So I think it's only a matter of time until I see them in the flesh and give in. So um, they do look like a lot of fun. So. Very good. Hey, anyway, um, they, uh, when are they out? Uh, 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 I have no idea. <laughs> 20 points of articulation, seven inches. Keep an eye out for them. Hooray. Beautiful. Um, and my last bit of news is also, once again, NECA, and they have announced that you are getting a six inch Pacific Rim baby Otachi figure. And, uh, if you've actually seen the movie, you'll know exactly what this is. 
um, this is that sort of horrid thing that gets, yeah, given birth to and Uh-oh. chases people around and eats Ron Perlman. Spoiler, spoiler. <gasps> Spoilers! Um, but anyway, this guy is, well, he's actually not plastic. He's actually rubbery. He's all rubbery and squishy and slimy and has a bendable tail. So, you. Hey, I have one question about this figure. Hi. Where's the damn shoe? <laughs> uh, I don't get it because I haven't seen this movie. It's it's a fun film, other than the dreadful accents that just then out of the cinema. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I don't know. It sounded just like you guys to me. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, and they also announced that um, we talked about the um, we talked about the deluxe, the Otachi Ultra, which is the, that massive oversized deluxe figure for the, uh, the seven-inch line, will actually come with a, a mini version of this figure. So there you go. So that all ties together. But, yeah, it look, looks pretty creepy. It's all, um, all slimy and gooey and bendy. So, yeah, very cool. <laughs> very cool. And on that st- – oh, sorry. I was going to say, I still wonder why they haven't done any of the Jaeger pilots in their, their drift outfits. Uh, yeah, I guess it's because, you know, it'd be a completely separate line, wouldn't it? I mean, if you had them in six or seven inch scale. Mm. Yeah, but I, you know, I don't know. They certainly look good. Cool. Yeah, they would look good. I, I think people would buy them, but what do yeah. I know? <laughs> what do you know? <laughs> That's my news. That is your news, and that is the news. And uh, we'll be right back in a moment with everybody's favorite podcast game, not anything else game. Name that. Well, we're very lucky to have uh, John, also known as Engineer Nerd from TV and Film Toys.com, not only here with us on this show all the time, but every week uh, doing another installment of our fantastic podcast game named that. It's time for another one, so over to you, John. Well, thank you very much. It's cool to be back here. Um, I, I think people were coming close with this one, but nobody's got the right guess yet, so we will play the sound right here. This evil empire is on the rise. Equipped with the latest technology, their hunts from the air. And there's only one team that can stop them. Okay. So, gentlemen, now that you've heard the sound, were there any guesses? Uh, uh, it'd be, you know, it wouldn't be right for me to guess it since I got the accessory this week. I, I should leave it to someone else. Oh, blah. I, 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 did, I, I did like some of the other accessory um, guesses this week. <laughs> but, I have no idea. Well, um, Eddie actually came pretty close. That's Eddie three four seven six two five five thousand. Yeah, because um, yeah. he guessed. He said Star Wars seemed obvious, but he said he was leaning towards GI Joe Extreme. It actually is GI Joe, but it's actually a GI Joe Rise of Cobra uh, movie toy commercial. So I was so close. Yeah. yeah. It, no, no, not at all. It, it sounded no. so different from a regular G.I. Joe commercial. That's kind of why I, I went that way. Oh, good on you. Yeah. And, you know, we, we always play a new sound, so we'll put that new sound right here. Hey, 
a civilization dies. But its secrets are preserved in a mysterious place called... And one more time. A civilization dies. But its secrets are preserved in a mysterious place called... All right. So, Scott, if they think they know where that sound is, what is where do they go? Uh, they go to afbforum.com and search for the Name That thread. And if they enter a guess, what what do they get for for getting a correct guess, Ben? Uh, at the AFB Tower Cafeteria, it's good. For, yeah, they get a coupon for a slice of uh, Vegeta Crumble. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, dear. I wonder if they put Velveeta on that. Velveeta? We don't have veggie. Velveeta in Australia. Oh, really? Yeah, that's too bad. Uh, yeah, we we prefer, like, actual cheese. <laughs> you probably don't have cheese in a can then, huh? Nope. No cheese in a can. No cheese in a can. <sighs> you can't go wrong with cheese in a can. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I um, think most Australians don't even know that cheese in a can is a thing. Really? Well, we see it in all the movies. Yeah. yeah. And to scratch our heads. Oh. Yeah, it, it's okay. You know, that's that's one of those uh, uh, living single foods that you kind of don't admit that you have. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's that, and we're getting totally off track here, but I think post-moon uh, landing, you know, et cetera, and there was just kind of this real, you know, sense of like, you know, we can do anything and we live in the future and anything can come out of a can you know, <laughs> kind of thing. And a lot of that has died, but some of it's still around. Yeah. Whipped cream's the other yeah. one. You know. Yeah, you can get that in Australia. Well, you know, yeah, you know like one brand. You know why both mm-hmm. those things are popular here, right? Because you don't have to get any dishes dirty to eat them. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my gosh! <sighs> what segment are we doing? <laughs> well, if if all of this has either made you hungry or, uh, you know, the audio version is just too tough, come on over to tvandfilmtoys.com on Tuesdays and Thursdays where we play picture versions of the same game. You guess in the forum and you can still get points to get your Vegeta spread. <laughs> in a can. In a can. Oh, God, he's lost it. Sorry. <laughs> what do you say? You can get your Vegeta spread. Something else just happened in my mind. So I was like, oh, my God. Okay. Um, so I think we need to finish the segment up. Uh, that um, would be up to you, Mr. Host. I think I'm doing my best. I just nearly had a stroke. So. Uh, yeah, so that was named that. And uh, we're going to come back in a moment with our Toy of the Week, which I am doing, so I really better get my shit together before or then. See you soon. say your unit was cold? I didn't. Cobra's evil empire is on the rise. Equipped with the latest technology, their Night Raven hunts from the air. And there's only one team that can stop them. G.I. Joe. Because when all else fails, we don't. Are you in... 
You can join today at gijoe.com. Figures and vehicles each sold separately. Ask a parent before going online. Now it's time for one of our feature segments, Toy of the Week. Each episode, we take turns looking at one toy or collectible in detail. And these might be new releases, or we might talk about a favourite or bizarre item from our collection. But Scott has the Toy of the Week this week, so over to you. Thank you, Ben. We have uh, been really enjoying reviewing the Bombshell statue line from DC Collectibles. Uh, we had a great interview uh, with sculptor Tim Miller, who's done the majority of these based on Aunt Lucia designs uh, a while ago, and uh, I will link that in the show notes on the blog if you'd like to go back and listen to him talking about um, his career, but also Bombshells in particular. And Zatanna is the latest release, and that is the statue that I'm reviewing tonight. So this is a 2015 release and acquisition, and uh, this will run you anywhere from uh, 80 to 100 US dollars. Um, in Australia, you're likely to pay uh, between 150 180 um, Australian for uh, this. And if you're not familiar with this line, the idea of this is that uh, they take uh, DC comics, female comic characters, and uh, represent them in some sort of 40s, 50s pin-up style, which is uh, artist Aunt Lucia's thing. And then based on that art, uh, they're sculpted into these uh, statues. Um, Tim Miller is the sculptor for this particular um, statue. And uh, this is... Uh, you, so, some of the characters obviously lend themselves to a 40s, 50s interpretation easier than others. Um, some are more of a stretch in terms of, you know, how they've been represented, but Zatanna, you know, obviously, you know, could have been really phoned in, in a sense. Um, but there are some uh, really nice touches in this design that um, make it very enjoyable if you know the character and her history and friends in the comics, etc. Um, so this is about 10 and a half inches tall. Um, it's interesting with the bombshell statues, the packaging um, is the standard uh, DC collectibles packaging that they've uh, been doing across the board um, since they rebranded um, with you know, photos, etc. Um, but the kind of very plain white background and little bit of color accent. Um, the bases on these are all uniform to a degree. They are round. They've got a they're metallic looking with a grid uh, on the base and then the character name, um, which I'm sure infuriates Ben just looking at it. Um, I don't think it's – I think this is almost uh, an exception. I think yep. that there's enough variation in the character that um, – and, and it's also done in that really fun style too. Yep. So yeah. I'll give them a pass. Yeah, that's what, I, that's what my kind of feeling on it too is that this is one line – normally I'm as annoyed by that stuff as you, um, but this is one line where I can wear it because, you know, it is uh, – it is a stretch, and also I think it is, you know, a way of branding the line, you know, in a sense. Um, so, you know, I don't mind them. They're quite fun. The only uh, thing with those uh, little tags is that they're actually quite breakage prone. Um, I've seen it myself in a couple of 
um, ones that uh, I've seen or inspected in shops and have had a couple of different retailers mention to me that the return rate on these statues is quite high. Uh, because like in terms of the stuff that they have to return because it's broken and a lot of it is, I mean, obviously they're quite, um, detailed and, you know, lots of small bits, uh, but that the, uh, those little nameplates actually are quite breakage prone. Um, so there you go. Buyer beware. I, I've, as I've mentioned a couple of times, I have pretty much stopped pre-ordering stuff like this because I just want to see it and know that. Um, I'm getting something reliable. I did actually get this from Big Bad Toy Store, though, and mine's got no issues, so that's good. Um, so this is Zatanna in a uh, magician slash slutty, <laughs> sorry, whatever, I don't know what to call it, uh, sort of, you know, outfit. And uh, then a, a quite nice touch. Uh, next to her you have a uh, rabbit that's obviously been produced as a result of, you know, a spell that she's just done. But if you look at the rabbit, he's wearing a necktie and smoking a cigarette. And, uh, pretty sure that's supposed to be, uh, Mr. Constantine, um, uh, transformed. So quite fun. Um, you know, very clever. And that, that's one of the things I love about this line. Uh, sculpt wise, you know, this is beautiful. I think that, um, when you look at the original artwork of these, uh, there's, there's a lot of movement in them and particularly this, uh, where, you know, there's meant to be, you know, implied that we're seeing the aftermath of a spell that she's just cast, etc. So that there's a lot for the sculpture to interpret. There's that movement. There's all the, you know, different, um, elements of this, but then there's also the expression, um, that, you know, is so crucial and Tim Miller has done a brilliant job of capturing all of that. Um, and you know, very, very nice. Uh, design wise, um, this is probably, uh, you know, one of my favorites in terms of, um, how much detail is in this statue. When we get to the paint, I think that when the painters saw this, they must have cried because there is so much happening here that would have been quite a full-on painting job. Um, but, you know, sculpt-wise, um, he's done an absolutely beautiful job. And again, all the elements like the uh, weave in her bustier, um, it's all sculpted, really nicely done. Even the little um, lines in her stockings are all sculpted, not just painted on, um, which is really lovely. Um, one thing interesting to note is that this is all one piece. So some of the bombshells, the figure has come separate from the base and had to be inserted, but this one's actually attached. Um, and I don't know how they make those decisions, but it might've been because of the rabbit and the puff of smoke that they were going to have to package it all together anyway. I'm not sure. Uh, but really, sculpt-wise, I can't say anything negative about this. It's just beautiful. Um, Paint-wise, l- like I said, this would be a huge job. There is so much happening here, both in terms of color, but there is some really amazing detail, like the uh, lines um, of ribbon, etc., on the front and the back of her bustier. Um, and, uh, it's really, it's a very, very good paint job. Um, you know, there's the only thing that I can see on the whole thing is, you know, one little, 
line of flesh uh, on her right leg that's gone over, or sorry, not not painted quite enough black of the stocking, but it's getting really picky um, for the amount of things that could have gone wrong here with beautifully painted face, um, you know, really nicely done. And uh, the detail on the body is beautiful. Um, the, there's really not a lot to complain about this. It's just a gorgeous thing. Um, a few of these characters have had designs with tattoos on them, and she's got this tattoo across her chest, um, which actually, you know, as per her spell casting is backwards, but when you look at it, uh, and, and translate it, it's Mistress of Magic written backwards across your chest, so that's quite cute. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Ah, I know. Actually, the mistress took me quite a while to work out because it was like capital S, another S, whatever, and I'm like, what the heck? But anyway, I got there in the end because I'm educated, you know. Um, so I was able to do that. Um, the one, I guess, you know, the one thing that um, if I am going to uh, just talk about quality, there's a little white paint blotch on the back of the pink puff of smoke of my little bunny. Um, and like I said, there is that one, uh, line of paint that's not quite right, but I, I don't think that any, a casual collector would worry about any of that at all. And neither do I, this is going to look beautiful in the collection. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll give, I'll take that point off for the lack of perfection there. I don't want to make Justin angry. Um, although he gave a 10 out of 10 last week, I should point out. Mm. You know, to be fair. Uh, so, but I'm going to go 9 out of 10 for Zatanna, but she is really fun. Oh, look, I think they're doing a fantastic job with this line. I think there are some um, – I think she's definitely one of the highlights compared to some of the others. Yeah. Uh, and I just think with this one, just that little bit of extra inventiveness with the um, the Constantine and the, the Puff of Smoke or Constantine and the Puff of Smoke just really adds and makes this one just pop. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it is. It's fun. And that's the, you know, that that's, I think, what's missing a little bit from some of the statue work that DC Collectibles is doing at the moment. You know, the new cover girls um, and uh, certainly the icons um, that General Giant is doing is that they're just really literal vanilla, um, you know, poses. And uh, what where, what DC Direct slash Collectibles has done quite well with some of these pieces, you know, like the Adam Hughes cover girls and this sort of stuff, is there's just that extra element there of, you know, it's not just the character. There's a really nice little message or nod to, you know, something like this uh, one or just a bit of humor. And sure. um, that, that really elevates it beyond just a... Um, a toy in a sense to something that's got a bit of art, you know, and that that's what's fantastic about this. Excellent. Yeah. I like yeah. it. I like this one. I, I think this one's pretty clever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could even see her, you know, that outfit being a comic outfit. Yeah. Really? Yeah. <laughs> to be honest. Um, are you in for all of these? Like, uh, Oh yeah. You, you haven't sort of spotted one yet and just gone. Uh, I no. actually, the one I don't have is the Harley Quinn. Um, the, the, sorry, I, there's two I don't have. One is Poison Ivy and one's Harley Quinn. Um, Poison Ivy is being reissued. And so I do have her on pre-order. Okay. And if they do a reissue of Harley, I'll get that too. I passed on Harley originally because I just, it's not my favorite in terms of, uh, I really don't think it looks anything like her. You know, mm. um, she's got the blonde hair, etc. It's kind of too far out, but yep. because, you know, I'm, I'm in for this line. So if I do get a chance to pick that one up, I will. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, 
that wraps up the Toy of the Week. And when we come back, we'll be talking about the new items that we've added to our collections this week. It's Pulsar, the ultimate man of adventure. You energize his heart, lungs, and body fluid into pulsating action. Then load a mission disc into his brain. Imagine you make his heart beat for land adventures. His lungs pump for high-altitude missions. Pulsar, imagine you energize him for exciting feats of strength. Pulsar, the ultimate man of adventure, new from Mattel. Well... This uh, show was entirely conceived as a thinly veiled way of uh, justifying our um, hell-bent consumption of all things toys. And uh, in this section, we focus on that in detail and talk about the new items that we have added to our collection this week. And uh, Ben, you get to start. So over to you. Hooray! Yay! Um, I got half of my December Matty order. Oh. So <laughs> I'm still waiting on Doomsday. Uh-huh. But um, I had to get a few bits and pieces. You, you know how they offer the free international shipping, so you go, oh, I have to spend more just to get the yep. free international shipping. Um, but one of the things I did actually get as part of that was some um, flying stands. Oh. Which is not normally my thing. I'm happy just to sort of stand all my, my sort of troops, you know, rank and file sort of thing. But um, I thought, oh, no, I might give them a bit of a go. And uh, I got a couple of boxes of those, and they're actually pretty good. I'm quite impressed with them. Oh. So I haven't gone crazy with them yet, but I've just been tinkering and <laughs> quite clever. Oh. Quite clever. So. I'm interested. So yeah, Doomsday's still swimming across the ocean. Yeah. Has it been shipped? Uh, yes, but of course, when you put the, um, the tracking number in, it just comes up and says there's no information for this tracking number. So that's another, you know, digital river, uh, win. Hmm. So neither of them, not, neither of them, the tracking numbers actually work. Work, yeah. Nice. Anyway, nice. Yeah, small but um, fun. Yep. Coming to Jack yeah. Pacific soon. <laughs> do you have um? Do you have any like the figure stands to compare them to? I mean, are they comparable or? No, the only other stands I really have are the ones that came with the Marvel Legends back in the day. Mm. Back um, in the day. Well, the thing is, I. As I said, I've never been a big fan. So what I actually found um, those original Marvel Legends ones were really good for is you'd use the peg holes and I'd actually stand them in my um, spray booth when I when I was working on customs. So I'd use that as something to actually support them and I could sort of easily rotate and undercoat and things like that. So um, any of my early Marvel Legends ones are kind of in the garage covered in the sort of, you know, colours um, of paint. So Okay. Um, yeah, so, you know, luckily they're not sought after by collectors. Um, so this is, this is all new for me. So this is my first foray into a um, third-party flying stand. So, so far, so good. Hmm. Very good. What about you, John? Yeah, you might want to just check out some of the, the Tamashi ones. Adam's convinced me. Yeah, um, yeah, I definitely will. I, I need to do a bit of a re- reorganization of the um, Marvel Legends because... Um, I've got them in one particular display unit, and it's now overflowing. So. <laughs> it's all those um, AIM agents and Hydra soldiers you keep buying. Oh, my, my army builder shelf is just ridiculous now. So they, it takes up a whole shelf, basically. Well, well John, I doubt you can uh, beat the army building, but what about the rest? Um, yeah, I got, I, got, I got congestion this week, so. Oh. You gotta remember it's, it's winter here. So, uh, oh. like, like this morning right now, it's, uh, minus 11C outside. So, oh, great. Yeah. 
That should just be outlawed. We're supposed to get six to ten inches of snow tomorrow. So, yeah. I, that's all I got. Yeah. I, I did. I, I found the remnants of a Lego uh, minifigure wave at, at Walmart, and I, they had like two left on the shelf, and I picked them up, and neither of them worked. I think they were both the uh, 70s disco singer. I was like, I eh, don't really want that one. Who? Oh. The, oh. You caught it. Oh. Uh, yeah. So. <laughs> well, I did pre-order the Hot Toys Thanos. Um, I just, it's, it's the throne. If it, if it was just the figure, I wouldn't have, but it's the throne. I'm like, you know what? Like, I don't really have many of these. I'm not going to get other... I'm getting Rocket and Groot, like, you know, but I'm not getting the other Guardians of the Galaxy, etc. But, um, you know, I can just, like, you know, my sideshow... One six scale Darth Vader has never left my desk since I reviewed him. He's just sitting here because he's so awesome. Um, and partly it's because he's got a groovy stand and that sort of thing. So maybe Thanos on the throne will be the same. Who knows? Mm. Very cool. Mm. Um, but that's not the most exciting oh. bit, yeah, bit of news because I got my sideshow premium from at Wonder Woman this week. Oh, blah, blah. <laughs> and she is uh, stunning, breathtaking, amazing, awe-inspiring Wow. Why don't we talk about it when someone else gets one? Yes. So, but I'm not going to say any more about that because when someone else gets theirs, uh, we're going to review her. <laughs> hey, is that me? I believe it is. And I believe yours is coming soon, right? Yes. Yay. Yep. Hooray. I would have, I would have only been interested if it was Linda Carter. <laughs> oh, very good. Um, yeah, no, very, very cool. Can't wait to talk about her in detail. Hmm. Okay. Um, well, that is all the stuff that we got pre-ordered, didn't get, etc. this week. And, uh, when we come back, we are going to be handing out a red card to something or someone in the toy universe. What is this bizarro world? Well, red carded is that moment in the podcast where we stop and point out something that is uh, not so great. Sometimes it's bad decisions. Sometimes it's product that should have been good and wasn't. Uh, and then sometimes it's things that really kind of defy description. And tonight's red card definitely falls into that category. And I'm glad I don't have to describe it because I'm handing over to Ben. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, it definitely falls into a WTF um, as as opposed to a red card. Um, well, how do we describe it? Okay, uh, I'm sure pretty much everybody is now familiar with just what a, a manly man uh, Vladimir Putin is, and um, oh, swoon. Yeah, he's, he's many topless shots where he he gets around fishing and um, you know fighting T Rexes and, and things like that to show. The, uh, the, people, the the masses of, uh, of Russia, just what an awesome president he is because, you know, he's a manly man. Um, well, someone's decided to capitalise on that and they have decided to release a a collectible uh, of Mr. Putin. And, um, you know, look, fair enough. You know, there was a um, there was an Obama doll getting around. But if you're going to do a, a Putin figure, you know, you've really got to do it justice and... Um, you know, separate, um, you know, the myth and uh, really, you know, bring out the legend, I guess. So um, what better way than to have a shirtless uh, Vladimir uh, riding a grizzly bear um, or, or a, you know, a, a Siberian 
uh, bear as opposed to a you know North American grizzly. Um, so yeah, well, what can you say? This is a um, this is Putin riding a bear, and he's uh, he's doing it with ease. I have to say, like the bears in in mid gallop, uh, and bears can get some pretty good speed. Uh, and he doesn't seem distressed at all. He's got the chest puffed out and a look of um, you know quite uh, a stern uh, control on his face. Um, it comes in a very nice uh, window box packaging um, with assorted crests and, and logos. And uh, this isn't just a one-off um, sort of custom sculpt either. This is a, a mass-produced figure. And uh, I don't know whether this is a, you know, Russia's equivalent of the reject shop. Um, but there's quite a few. And, and all the text is in Russian on the box, so this is probably something oh, actually coming out of Russia. Except there, there's an exclusive label on the top. Yes. It is an exclusive. So, we're, not, we're not sure where. Yeah, not sure to who, but no. or sorry, to whom. But it's uh, it's sensational. Like this is just we just have to have this for the mantelpiece. Like, this, this would be a great talking piece when you had people over for for drinkies. Um, yeah, it really does fall in the WT. And and one wonders what the man himself would think if he was actually presented with one. Would he say I that he has one. <laughs> I, I feel like he would approve. Or, or he had it commissioned. It's true. That's possible. Maybe it, was, um, maybe it was his gift to the people of Russia for Christmas or something. Mm. Mm. He this quickly, is... you know, whipped out 100 million of them and so it, everyone could have one. You know, um, I think the saddest thing about this is that the paint apps on this are better than <laughs> half of the stuff that we see in our local comic shop. Yeah, the bear's got some beautiful detail. It really does. Yeah, nicely sculpted. Multiple shades going on there, and he's wearing his green combat pants. Yeah. uh, They're actually done with... um, Really nice. Yeah, some nice texturing and uh, and shading as well. Yeah. Um, No indication of how big it is. It probably looks like it's probably, I don't know, six inches long by about sort of six inches high. Oh, I was hoping it was quarter scale. Wow. No, no, no. Sorry. Studio scale. Studio scale. <laughs> Are you sure it's not? <laughs> well, we don't know. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. the nice thing about this picture is that as well as um, you know, interpreting the text however you wish, you can interpret the scale however you wish as well. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So, um, yeah, uh, mystery producer of the Vladimir Putin riding a Siberian bear, um, you're getting our WTF of the week. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love it. Thank you for that, Ben. Uh, that That is our red card slash WTF of the week, and we'll be right back in a moment with our Batgirl toy history. Spider-Man's getting ready to rumble. Oh, no! It's Doc Ock, Venom, and the Green Goblin. Fantastic action coming up. Take that, Green Goblin. Bam! Must get out of Venom's trap. Quack! Time to get out of here. Catch you later, Doc Ock. Brand new Spider-Man action figures, out now. One of the recurring segments that we've done on this show is called a toy history, and that's where we take one character and uh, look at all of the different toy representations of that character through time. Um, And tonight we're focusing on uh, a DC character, which is Batgirl. Um, Batgirl, as a character, has had uh, a number of different uh, people behind the mask. Um, most of the collectibles uh, that have been produced are focused on Barbara Gordon, who is the iconic Batgirl, and that's where we're focusing uh, today with a couple of others um, thrown in. Um, but one of the things that we often uh, find when we start these lists 
is that there are so many more things than we first think. Um, you know, we, we've avoided uh, the kind of mega characters that we know that we'd be here for 10 hours. and uh, But we've done this before. Where we think, oh, well, let's do this character. It'll be pretty manageable. And then once we do the list, it goes through pages. And uh, certainly that is the case to a degree here. So we're certainly not going to mention every single iteration of uh, Batgirl in um, toy form. And if we leave your favorite out, we apologize. Um, feel free to let us know if you think that we left out a really important one. Um, but we're going to start on the action figure side, and Ben is going to run that side of the discussion. So over to you. Well, thank you, sir. And, uh, yeah, I have to agree. This is one of those characters that I really didn't expect there to be as many uh, products as there were. And, uh, I mean, first and foremost, when it comes to Batgirl action figures, uh, she was lucky enough to have a Mego figure uh, made of her back in the early 70s. And uh, she was obviously, um, you know, pushed at girls rather than boys because she's one of the world's greatest super gals and, and came in a um, lovely pink box. Um, and, and I think this is where things got a little confusing for me because I just assumed that because, you know, Batman and Robin have been around forever, that um, Batgirl has been made in action figure form in one way or another for, you know, for forever basically um but then you sort of realize that the most of those sort of vintage looking figures actually came much much later thanks to dc direct and, and companies mm. like that so mm. there was actually quite a, a big gap between this mego figure and then the next time she was actually made as an action figure um but she certainly had quite the um wow quite the the turnout from uh, particularly dc direct um yep. But I think one of the early ones was actually from Kenner when they did their Legends of the Dark Knight, and uh, she got a, an action figure from them, and it was um, pretty dreadful, really. <laughs> um, uh, it's kind of even hard to describe. It's kind of like the, I don't know, the Witchblade Batgirl. Yeah. Um, yeah where she's yeah. in this really weird silver armour with these huge bat wings, and you just kind of go, I wonder what they were thinking. Um, and, I mean, you know, this is back in the day when you know, sculpts were really starting to pick up. Um, this is when McFarlane was really uh, kicking into high gear. And so, you know, the, the sculpt is there. I, I think they just missed a, a real opportunity to capture a, a bit more of a classic-looking Batgirl. That so, is weird. Yeah, yeah. So, But, of course, you know, um, Kenner also um, dipped their fingers into the animated properties um as batman has had a, a number of different incarnations in the you know the animated um shows over the years then batgirl has featured quite prominently in those she was um produced as a, a classic batman animated four inch figure in that that sort of four inch um scale where she i think they did a fantastic representation i think she was great in batman the animated series and i think her figure really sort of captured the um i guess the, the feel of the character from the show she's uh you know, a little bit sort of, um, well, actually probably heavily stylized with sort of a giant head, but she's got sort of the cheeky grin on her face, and oh, I think they did a really good job with that one. I'll tell you what, for me, the um, second version of DCUC with the the blue cape and cowl and the gray outfit, that's like Batgirl to me. <laughs> that, yeah. That's actually my favorite out of all of these. Yeah, absolutely, and I've got both of those figures, the the gray one as well as the the black one, but I actually think this is quite a, a stunning-looking figure. I think they tried to capture the, the vintage feel, but with that sort of modern um, a modern take on the character, and uh, yeah, I like that a lot too. Mm. 
I, I think that one actually came in a two-pack with a Batman, didn't it? It did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so it was quite a hard uh, one to get, particularly in Australia, but I, mm-hmm. I've, I've got that as well. Um I, I suppose which ones you like best are going to depend on which version of Batgirl you like best. Um, you know, the DC Direct certainly did some classic uh, ones that I really like. The uh, There was a, a very short-lived line called Secret Files Unmasked um, from DC Direct that came with extra heads, and, uh, and that's one of my favourite Batgirl uh, figures, you know, really nice representation of the... Um, the the silver and uh yeah. the the gray and black but then also with the unmasked you know head as well and uh she's she's a bit undersized that she doesn't really fit uh well with real six inch scale um but you know quite a nice figure um and then it's funny the other one that i really like from dc direct which was the uh showcase one based on yes. the common infantino stuff is oversized um, oh really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That 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 was a really weird. That showcase line was really uh, lovely. Um, didn't live very long, uh, but they were actually quite um, oversized compared to a normal six inch. So neither of those figures actually fit very well scale wise. But yeah. um, the, the they're both really uh, lovely on the classic side. That is a stunning sculpt that come on Infantino one. I think they really sort of captured the essence of that vintage um, Batgirl without sort of being too campy. Yeah. That, that was in the kind of dying throes of DC Direct where they just seemed to not be able to focus. So they, you know, say, you know, we're going to kick off this great line of, you know, showcase things that are and do a brilliant job and then only do one wave. Yeah, yeah. Because there were beautiful figures in that line. They did a Superman that had, you know, all these extra heads from, you know, classic versions of him, etc. It was brilliant. And then they never did another line. Yeah, yeah. And she's also been, she's not a character that you immediately think of when you think of, um, you know, the artist um, versions, you know, how Batman seems to turn up in, um, you know, every single artist-inspired line. But, um, you know, certainly she was in the Justice six-inch line, the Alex mm. Ross one, which was quite nice. But one of the ones I'm a fan of is the um, Dan Brereton uh, Thrill Killer figure. Um, she's completely unposable. Yeah, she can't stand up. Yep. She can't stand up no. at all. She's no. a horrid figure. She's got this huge um, lean in the waist and she's terribly oversized, like she's a, a gigantic figure. But, um, yeah, the stunning red hair was a great outfit. It was a great, great series, Thrill Killer. Mm. Um, yeah, and she doesn't fit in with anything. Like I, I've, no. got, I've got very few Elseworlds figures because I'm just not that big a fan. So this figure's a complete uh, outlier for me. Yeah, it's a, it's another good representation of the sins of DC Direct because the Elseworlds figures uh, got some of the nicest sculpting. Mm, mm. You know, they, um, the, the the things that we were really hoping for uh, often didn't turn out the way that we wanted, and then they'd bring out a beautiful uh, line of figures of characters that no one really knew. Yeah. Um, but I, I agree, this is she's very nicely done, although she can't stand up. Yeah, you know, you know, while not fitting in with anything else, really, um, one of my other favorite Batgirls is the uh, the one you reviewed, Scott, and that's the the Play Art Play Arts Kai one. Oh yeah. Um, you know, I think as an action figure, that thing is is pretty stunning. Yeah. No version ever. Yeah. It, it, you know, and uh, 
I think I remember when I reviewed that that you liked it more than I did. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I really do like it. Um, she's right here at my desk, but uh, yeah, it's probably not my favorite version. Now, you and I were collecting the DC Direct 13-inch figures. What were your thoughts on Bab's rendition in that line? Um, well, when I divested myself of um, those, the two that I kept were Aquaman and Batgirl. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, you know, I, uh, I, I'm i a big Babs Gordon fan, and uh, we were talking before we started recording, Ben was saying he realised how few Batgirl things he had, and I realised by doing this list how many. <laughs> I kind of knew, because I do, you know, she's the kind of character that I will always go for. Um, but, yeah, that, I think that, that was probably, I think, the nicest of the female figures yeah. um, that they did. Like, you know, it was that there were issues with the... Um, I think one of the reasons why she was one of the nicest is because she was completely covered because um, they really had issues with the kind of flesh, you know, sort, sort of stuff. Um, but, you know, the Black Canary head sculpt on, was probably the best female head sculpt in that line, but I think Batgirl overall was the nicest figure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, I mean, there were certainly plenty of other action figures, but um, we might move on to something uh, a little bit more pricey. And, uh, um, talk about some busts. Busts, all right. Well, um, she's been done a few times uh, in this. is actually interesting. When you look at the statue side, you can see the kind of different um, eras of busts. Obviously, we're mostly talking in DC Direct here. In the very early days of busts from DC Direct. Uh, Tim Bruckner did a very, quite a big line of busts with uh, very flat bases that they're quite low compared to the modern busts and uh, quite kind of funny looking these days because they really were kind of cut off at the midsection, not the the hips as we're used to now. So they look like they're kind of sinking, you know, in help, I'm drowning. Uh, but I think Batgirl is actually one of the, again, one of the ones that still really stands out. There's a couple of statues and busts on this list that are not in my collection that I would like. Uh, and this is one of them, um, you know, really, really nicely done. Um, the and then you've got to go on the bus side then to the women of the DCU uh, bus series that went for quite a long time with DC Direct with a few different artists and she was done twice she was done first of all in the Adam Hughes um, line and uh, you know he, th- those were really interesting in that there was kind of a uh, theme that ran through a lot of those of, you know, either the character, you know, is getting their mask on or, you know, Supergirl was ripping her shirt open. And in this one, like Batgirl is holding her mask. She doesn't have it on. And, um, you know, that's a, a, a nice one as well. A lot of the, sorry. Love it. Love it. Love yeah. it. I, yeah. I mean, I, I, I've, I really I've got, yeah. I've got all of these and this is quite poss- possibly one of my favorites. I, in fact, probably even my favorite. I just think, um, you know, the mask came as a separate piece and you, you actually sort of hang it over her fingers. Um, it's not actually all sort of sculpted as one piece. And so you've just got this stunning red head. I think it really is just Adam Hughes captured perfectly. It's, um, yeah, a, a really impressive piece. Yeah. And uh, those uh, Adam Hughes busts are, most of them, very expensive on the secondary market. Mm. Um, you know, if you don't uh, have one, then you might w- uh, want to think about which organ you want to sell um, <laughs> to to get one. <laughs> uh, some some of them not so bad, and actually, I just did a Google on um, 
a Google on eBay, hello. And uh, you can actually get the Batgirl, not terrible, although it becomes terrible once you introduce shipping into the picture to Australia. Um, but, you know, I think I love that one too. Really, really nice. And I love the separate piece. You know, I love the that kind of play on statues where, yes, it's a statue, but then there's a kind of accessory element to it. Yeah. Um, really fun. Um, she was done again in the Amanda Connor series, which was the third series of the women of the DCU busts. And, uh, I, I really like this one too, quite different, but she's doing the Batuzzi. Um, you know, and, uh, this, this is what I'm talking about when we were talking about, uh, Zatanna and some of the, you know, current statues as well, where they really don't have any life to them. And, uh, I think that's one of the fun things about these, uh, these, artist design things is that they really let the creators have a bit of fun. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So, you know, if it was the only Batgirl bust that existed, I might think, Oh, it's a shame. She's got her hands in front of her face. Uh, <laughs> but you know, when you, when you have her with the, the, the rest of the set, it's actually quite a fun one. And also I like that it is the, the blue and silver, which is my favorite, um, version. Um, and she's been done in the New 52 one as well, which is, is quite fun if you like the New 52 side. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's a nice, sta- uh, a nice statue. It's a nice bust. Um, I'm not big on their bases uh, nope. for you know, the, the earlier versions. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, this one's got a, a bit of life to it. I, I like the way the hands are done, et cetera, et cetera, and the hair's flowing, the cape's flowing. I mean, it's nice. If, if you didn't have the original Hughes one and couldn't afford it, then, you know, I think it's... Yeah, not bad. Yeah, I, I own this as well. I've got them all. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, yeah it, is, it is fun. But, again, same deal with the base. I talked about that last week when I was talking about Deathstroke. Yeah. yeah. So on, on the statue side, um, there's a lot. What, what are the standouts for you, Ben? Ah, oh, gosh, where do we start? <laughs> start with the one you like the best. Well, look, I think the upcoming Sideshow Collectibles premium format statue uh, has just completely nailed it. I think oh, yeah. It's a really nice combination of sort of that classic and modern. It's like they they knew they wouldn't be able to please everyone if they went with one or the other, and so they've sort of um, done a bit of a, um, I don't know, a bit of an amalgam uh, of the two, and I just I think if it comes out even remotely close to the um, the, the promo pieces yeah. that I've seen, um, yeah. I just like the pose, I like the expression on her face, the way, you know, the, the cape is flying. Um, but I guess at a, a high-end collectible like this, you, you really do expect the best of the best, but... Yep. Um, that that's now my most anticipated premium format. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. now that I've got Wonder Woman, I'm like, bring on Batgirl. Yeah, um, and the other one that I hadn't really paid much attention to until today was um, the bombshells. Yeah, statue, and uh, I actually think that that might be my favourite of all the bombshell statues. I think the whole fighter pilot feel um, works really, really well. Um, again, she's got that really playful look on her face. The colouring, like the the sort of the purple of her pants, um, I, I just think everything works beautifully with that one. Yep, it's beautiful and, and really nicely executed as well. It's beautiful. I, I, I still think in that kind of um, that scale of the you know ten inch or so statues, that probably the iconic Batgirl is yet to come. Um, you know, when I look at these others, and again, I've got most of them. Uh, you know, I th- they're all great, uh, but not necessarily none of them really stand out. This list actually includes uh, probably one of the pieces that you and I most disagree about, um, <laughs> and that is the Adam Hughes Batgirl cover girl, which you love and I can't stand. And the more you can't stand it, the more I love it. <laughs> 
anyone who's ever listened to this show has probably heard me rant about I think it's sexist and I don't like the her being portrayed as dumb, you know, etc. So blah blah blah. Um so that's actually the one cover girl that I don't have. Um because uh, I just won't buy it. And you told me when I said I wasn't going to buy it that you're like, oh, yeah, I'll wait, you'll get it eventually, which means that I'll never get it. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> you'll see it on sale one day. No. The OCD to add it to your collection. No, I've got the, I've got the other cover girl. Um, <laughs> that'll do. <laughs> which I don't like at all. So. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and, look, it's certainly it's not my favourite. Um, you know, it is a, it's there because I want Batgirl and the cover girls and I don't want the first one. And it's not terrible, but there's nothing right homey about it. <laughs> um, See, you know, if she was standing next to the right thing, that would be okay. Yeah, that kind of throwing pose. She she looks better side on than front on because of the you know, thing. But it's just it's that difference in um, kind of styling of hey, do something creative and put a little bit of fun in there, which is what Adam Hughes did with that Batgirl, and you know that's um, and then one that's just a hey, give us a Batgirl statue. Um, the the new cover girls are a thousand times better than the icons from General Giant. Um, I've got the Aquaman now and well, snooze. Um, so, but still. So, do you have the uh, the DC Direct classic confrontations, the Catwoman versus Batgirl? I do not, and that is. I mentioned there's a couple in here that I really want. That um, one is is probably my biggest uh, grail at the moment. Mm. Um, the, I've had that as a save search on eBay forever, and I don't think it was listed at all last year. Um, it is up right now, but often when it's listed, it's just listed listed at cr- crazy, a crazy price with or, you know, maybe a only slightly insane price, but then insane shipping to Australia kind of thing. And so I'm waiting. And but do you know what the um the real killer is? Is that King's Comics in Sydney had one of those forever. Yeah. Yeah. Forever. And it was only when I really got into the the classic confrontations line um, that I was like, oh, that's why don't I have that? That's great. And then, of course, the next time I went to King's Comics, it was gone. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I'll, you know, it's I know I'll, I will get that eventually. But yeah. the couple times when it's come up that where it was maybe doable have just been in a month where there was too much else happening to justify spending it. So loss. Um, but I, I, it's, it's lovely. And I, I really like that, uh, that version of Catwoman as well. Um, you know, that seventies. Yeah. Yeah. I I think it's a start. I don't know that I sort of thought much of it to begin with, but over time it's really grown on me. And I think just the way they've utilized the capes as stands. Yes. Just magic. Yep. I'm the same. Probably the first couple of times I saw it, I was like, oh, that's, you know, that's cool. But, you know, it's not cheap. And, uh, you know, and I know, you know, the price that King's had it for, because King's Comics is not the cheapest place to buy things. No. Um, you know, was just put me off. But then once I kind of really looked into it in the secondary market, I was like, you know, that's not so bad. <laughs> um, so, but of course, gone. There's a couple up on eBay at the moment, but they're both crazy prices. And yeah. um, I'm having a crazy sideshow month, so... So if there was one that you were going to own, John, uh, you, do you have uh, is there one in particular? 
I actually kind of like, and, and this is kind of in between the busts and the, the statues, is the Kotobukiya Artifacts one. Uh, oh, very good. Yeah, we, we, there's a whole group of PVC ones we haven't talked about, um, but I, the, the Kotobukiya Bishoju I think is just a beautiful background. Um, you know, same deal. I, I you know have. Oh, you're talking about the Artifacts one. Yeah, the Artifacts. Yeah, one. that's nice. I've got that. I've got all these. <laughs> yeah, it is really nice. I really like the Bishojo too. See, um, I don't like that one as much. I, I I don't know why, but huh. it just doesn't strike me. I mean, the gargoyle, yeah. the gargoyle's cool, but eh. no, I, I, I do like the the Kotobukiya artifacts one. That is, I love that artifacts line. You know, it's really like you know. Justin was talking last week about the the Star Wars one, and it's just kind of for me where I'm really not worried about articulation. I just want something that looks really nice. It's kind of the perfect world, really. Um, if they ever did classic DC characters, I'd be screwed. Yeah, I think where they start to lose me a bit is when they get into things like the you know Play Arts Kai have done the Batgirl and um, you know fantastic design. It looks like it's fantastic execution, but they I guess they just start to, to lose me because it's so far away from the source material. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and look, I fully appreciate they're trying to do something different. Um, you know, it's a highly stylized line, but uh, yeah, yeah. It's just not my thing. Yep. In, in the stylized one, my favorite is the first version of the MA Kami Batgirl um, from DC direct. Cause that has enough of the cl- classic elements that it's clearly Batgirl, but then it's got a kind of gachaman it does, doesn't it? feel to it that I just love. You know, that is I, – I, I love that piece. Um, those are – Fantastic pose. Yeah. I, I really like those Emekomis. Um, their bases are enormous, and so I've actually – but uh, I have a competitor – for their attention because my um, eldest has decided that she really likes them. So they're sitting, she's got the Jesse quick one up on her shelf. And then she knows the rest are sitting out in the garage and she keeps saying, when we can, when can we decide which other ones of those I can have? <laughs> I'm like, Oh, I don't know. Maybe I want to sell them. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, but they are fun. And that I, I really, I love the pose. Um, but I do, I love you. Know, some of the MA commies, and there's another Batgirl version of it that this applies to, is that you could look at that and really have no idea who it's supposed to be. Yeah. Um, but this one, you know, that that's, I love it. Love it. Um, one statue coming up I'm not excited about is the Batman black and white Batgirl, uh, because, you know, we've waited all this time to get a Batgirl in the line, and now they're doing the one that's been around for 15 minutes. Yeah, this is really interesting because given the you know the supposed lead time to yeah. design and execute you know the, the whole production thing, we keep getting told that this is you know over a year to do this sort of thing. Um, you know, for those people who don't know, you know Batgirl's very recently undergone a, a complete overhaul in, um, in in the new Fifty Two, where she's gone from being sort of that um, older, more confident Batgirl to basically a teenager. Yeah. Um, who wears a, a very sort of loose costume, you know, with some combat boots and, and things like that. And I guess, you know, they're obviously trying to appeal to a younger teen audience. Um, yeah, and she's already got her own statue. Huh. Hooray. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's a nice design. Oh, totally. It's, it's quite cute. Yeah, it's a really nice statue. Um, and, you know, it's one that I wouldn't say I'll never buy that, um, but... but 
it's more that you know the black and Batman black and white has been quite you know I love that line um but up until now we've only had villains um and uh you know there's been no not even a robin um and I think there's so many uh characters to tap into that to jump straight to that one just seems a bit desperate or uh, you know or just a bit like hey let's plug this thing here you know not like a, a fan demanded oh thank god they're finally doing the brand new batgirl yeah <laughs> so uh but i won't end on a whiny note i'm i love most of these i think where DC collectible or DC comics have actually missed out on a real opportunity there is um, they could have actually introduced this new Batgirl as a, a protege of Babs. Yeah. And, and, and of course, you know, for the older fans who appreciate their Batgirl being a bit older, they could have had, you know, could have had their cake and eaten it as well. Yeah. So. But anyway, um, let's move on. And um, there, there is a, a miscellaneous category with each of these toy histories. And uh, I think John will be pleased when he sees um, uh, some of the things that are in there. And one in particular is the punk, or Punko. Punko, yes. Punko. When you want to say Funko Pop, <laughs> you just you know, throw them together. Um, the Funko Pops. Um, she has had a, a pop, which I actually don't think I've ever seen in the flesh. So I don't know whether was it was one of the really early ones. Oh, uh, we it's here in in Miss Fourteen's collection in our oh. house, yeah. Because I know some of the really early ones, like Green Arrow, um, uh, are worth big bucks on eBay now. So I was just wondering if she was a an early or a later. Yeah, she was. She was one of the very first ones. Yep. Mm, okay. Well, there you go. So and it looks like she's in her classic blue and grey. So, very nice. Yeah, no, that's a cool one. Um, the Mystery Mini is pretty cool, too, because uh, I, I love that little line. I've got the Joker, actually, from that line. That's the only one I've ever found, but the, the Batgirl's <laughs> definitely definitely cool. And I'd be surprised if there aren't – I think there's a couple variants of her, because I think all of their – that line had – color variants yeah yeah there's a black one as well i think yeah, yeah. i think that the mystery minis have sensational expressions on their face oh i love it and the batgirl one i think you know that continues to capture the fun that the, that is the essence of the character like she's got a really cool pose and she's got that sort of quirky look on her face which i think is quite um yeah quite fun so huh and there's a mini mate did anyone yeah. know there's a mini mate yes i have on it <laughs> of course. There is a mini mate. There's um, a mini mate. Do you remember who she came with? Bane, I think. Oh, okay. Well, that seems logical. <laughs> oh, maybe not. <laughs> Why do I think that? Hold on. Let me um, consult the Google. Uh, hold on. Uh, that's good. <laughs> Come on, Google. Don't let us down. Uh, yep. Why did I know that? God, it's weird. Yep, she came with Bane. But anyway, and we, uh, we we round out the other category, and we left Scott's favourite until last. Hooray. Oh, what's my favourite? The Tonner. Oh, the Tonner doll. <laughs> the t- I, I'm sure she's been done as Barbie as well. From memory. oh, surely, yeah. There's a Batgirl's Barbie. Yeah, and we we you know obviously um, we've left out lots of things here. Um, so please feel, and we didn't touch on. Uh, you know, there's been a couple of Cassandra Kane versions. There's a Stephanie Brown figure, etc. Um, but this was all about Babs, and uh, good fun. Yeah. Great character. Yeah. Tonner actually did two versions of her. They did a black and gold, and then they did the the silver and blue tail. Good heavens! Oh, 
Who Both buys these? Like fantastic. I, you know, I I actually kind of think that's kind of a cool looking piece, really. I mean, you know, if that's what you were collecting, that would be. Yeah, yeah. Be okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. As Tonos go, it seems like one of the better ones to me. You know, yeah. but they have an Aquaman. Yeah. No, I don't need that. <laughs> I do not need that. And Amira. I know. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I okay. no, no, I do not need that. Okay. So that's but. that exhausts our, our our list. That was way more epic than I thought. Well, I, I do have a question though. Go. What? What? Um. After looking at all these, what? What makes you drawn to this, Scott? Because obviously you're the the bigger fan here of, of the three of us. Um. And, and you have, might border on obsession. Uh, um, what kind of draws you to this character and, and collecting different versions of it? I think, um, you know, I, I really love the character's history. I think that there are not uh, many characters in comics that really get to evolve. And, you know, she's gone from a one-note, you know, character to uh, someone really interesting, obviously the whole Oracle you know, storyline, et cetera. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it's just something that, uh, and, and I, I'm a big Gail Simone fan and she's obviously had a long history with that character as well. And I think that's, you know, one of the things when a character, you've enjoyed a run of a character that's been written really well, um, then it makes you go back and look at their history, et cetera. Um, so yeah, that's, that's just, uh, and, and I think that she is, I don't really like the word toyetic, uh, but I think that, you know, she, she does lend herself well to this sort of stuff. So. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Good fun. Awesome. Well, it's great to get another toy history in the can. And, uh, when you, we come, gonna come back with feedback in a moment. One bit of feedback that you might give us is which character you'd like to see next. Uh, but we will do feedback before we finish up. Gambit. <laughs> Gambit. Talking small soldiers. I am Archer, leader of the Gorgonites. Phrases like in the movie. Prepare for battle. And giant electronic talking chip. Major Chip Hazard reporting. The ultimate in hand-to-hand combat. Commandos, attack! Chips armed to the teeth. But Archer cuts him down to size. Small soldiers, big battle. New giant electronic talking Archer and Chip. each sold separately. Before we finish up the show, we always like to share a bit of feedback uh, from our listeners. And uh, if you would like to give us feedback on this show or future shows, you can email us, podcast at actionfigureblues.com. You can check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, etc. And uh, let us know what you think. And um, one of the things that I really enjoy about uh, our listeners is, you know, it's always great to hear when people love the show. Um, but it's great if you have a different opinion about what we're talking about, then it's great when you feel like you can tell us. And, uh, Derek, um, who I think is Derek from the Pan- Fan Holes podcast, which I know is Derek from the Fan Holes podcast, <laughs> um, uh, made a comment, um, on, uh, 
the the show last week. First of all, he said the first time I saw the Funko Magic the Gathering Liliana Vess, I thought she would be a good Madame Xanadu stand-in. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. And then I'm not going to read all this because it's quite long, but this is about uh, comments that I've made a couple of times about why the Batman Black and White Statue Siri line seems to work so better than the Superman Man of Steel. And he said, obviously, I am a grumpy Superman fanboy. I didn't know that. Um, but I find the whole Batman works in anything facade tiresome. There are certainly Superman artists that one immediately would think of as iconic interpretations of the character. I'm not certain all those styles would all work in a three-dimensional format, uh, but I think that there are enough worth an attempt. And then he gives some really good examples, uh, like Gil Kane, Fred Ray, um, She's Just One, etc. Um and uh, he said, for my own selfish reasons, I've always wanted statues of Superman's folks holding up Krypton as in the Fortress of Solitude. You could also have Superman Beyond as a counterpoint to the Batman Beyond one and so forth. Um, and those are all really good points. And, uh, you know, I, I think that what I have said a couple of times is not that, you know, I don't think Batman works in anything. And I don't think I've said that. I think that I, I've been asking, why does the Batman black and white lines seem to work so well. And uh, I think that there are, one of the reasons is that they are taking uh, mostly uh, artists who have actually um, drawn this character and uh, showing their versions of them. Whereas Man of Steel seems to, like, that has covered very few of the ones in Derek's list and he makes a yeah, really good point right. there. Um, so that, that was really good, but you know, it's, they're, they're do, seem to be doing more people that to my knowledge have, uh, not drawn Superman. You know, obviously they've done you know, Frank quietly, Frank Miller, etc. but a lot missing from, from that list. So, uh, yeah. You, you know, for me, I think, you know, because I, I don't collect them, but the the Superman ones are like in color, and I think the black and white element, because that's consistent through the Batman ones, I, I think it adds that thread through yeah. the line. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. when it's when they're all in color, it, it's just okay. This one's in color, and they they just look like any other statue. But because that black and white thread goes through the Batman line, I think that yeah. that helps. And, I mean, look, I do have some of the Man of Steel ones, and I'm not giving up on them. Um, and that you know, the, they've tried to bring that thread through a metallic you know, feel, but I think, you know, it's more, uh, a really good point from Derek that, you know, there are iconic Superman artists with, um, really recognizable versions of them. And it'd be great to see DC collectibles focus on them rather than some of the weird shit they've been doing. Oh yeah. I, I, and that's, that's it for me. Oh, they just, they just haven't done the iconic artists. I mean, you know, I don't think Frank Miller is an iconic Superman artist. Um, you know, Jay Lee is not an iconic Superman artist. I just, I think for me, this line should be including people like, you know, well, obviously, you know, um, you know, Siegel and Schuster, but, um, you know, Kurt Swan and John Byrne, uh, you know, hello, anyone our age, John Byrne, Superman was the definitive Superman for a long time. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, the new, uh, there's a new Superman animated one out that is really good looking. Um, you know, I've seen it in person. The one that I saw had a paint flaw, but I'll definitely be tracking that one down. Mm. Um, and, uh, but yeah, that we need to send that list to DC collectibles and say, Hey guys, come on, get your act together. 
(laughs) So thank you so much, Derek. And I think it's great when, you know, I know from listening to, like I listen to the podcast too, and sometimes people go on about things repetitively and you just think, ah, you're full of it. And, uh, you know, it's much better to, I mean, I think about that every time Ben opens his mouth, but, you know. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Um, But, you know, I write to Ben to, you know, in between episodes to express that. And uh, you should too if you don't agree with us and uh, so that we can either agree with you or tell you that you're wrong in person. Um, but no, thank you, Derek, <laughs> so much. Did you, now, John, did you have some feedback as well? I have a little bit of a, a shout-out, though, because uh, somebody on Twitter, and that's, yeah, um, Flight Points, um, managed to track down the uh, Toy Train song video. Um, I know. Our, and, and I was I, I was stunned. So, um, you know, Flight Points, you, you, you can have a point in our forum if you'd come over and join. Absolutely. I, I did you not. You can do it, AFB Forum. That's right. I did not know that there was a video. Yeah, yeah. I found that by searching toy on iTunes. Yeah. So, yeah, there you go. The band is no longer around, sadly. Aww. So, Otherwise, you know, we'd have them on and get them to do a, an album <laughs> for us, I'm sure. Yeah. They, they'd probably want royalties. Yeah, well, come out of retirement and then talk to us. Um, <laughs> All right. Well, if you do have anything that you want to say to us, nice or not so nice, you can email it, um, Facebook, Twitter. And uh, we do have Instagram. I'm mentioning that a lot at the moment. I'm having fun on Instagram. Um, And uh, it's great to find some of our regular uh, friends and listeners there. And thanks for coming and finding us. But if you are on Instagram and you haven't uh, followed us yet, we're just Action Figure Blues. So do have a look. And uh, you might get a little preview of what we're going to be reviewing each week on there, which will be really fun. Really? Yeah, really. Huh. Might have to join. Yeah. Might have to join <laughs> Hey guys, thanks for another great show. Indeed. It's always fun. Good stuff. Beautiful. All right. Goodbye, everybody. Stay safe, stay happy, stay well. Bye. Bye. Good night, Argentina. Yeah, take care, Argentina. Yeah. Bye. Bye. The Action Figure Blues podcast can be found on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and downloaded direct at actionfigureblues.com by clicking on the podcast tab. If you do listen to us on iTunes, please take a moment to leave a positive rating and review. We also have an active fan forum at afbforum.com where you can join in with all of the hosts of the podcast and many other collectors to discuss news, new releases, old lines, and engage in trades and sales in a safe community. Please join us there. While you're at actionfigureblues.com, please don't forget to check out our sponsors like Mike's Comics and Stuff, ShelfLife.net, and the Pop Culture Superstore, who help keep our site running. You can also find us on Twitter at AFBlues and on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash actionfigureblues. Thanks for listening. That is all the stuff that we got pre-ordered, didn't get, etc. this week. And uh, when we come back, we... It's been so long since we've done a normal show. I don't know what comes after this. <laughs> oh, red card. Hello. It's cool to be back here. Um, 
I think people were coming close with this one, but nobody's got the right guess yet, so we will play the sound right here. Oh. Hey guys, John here, and you know me as Engineer Nerd from TVandFilmToys.com. Oh, that could take a while. I'm sorry. <laughs> and as you may guess, that was something I was holding in my... <laughs> something he was holding in his... <laughs> Oh my Man, you don't ever want to get caught holding something in your <laughs> I apparently did not name that clip right. Now it's time for one of our feature segments and Toy of the Week is what? What is it? It's it's the Toy of the Week. It explains uh, itself. Uh, Why are you trying to explain it again? <laughs> Who are you talking to? Uh, <laughs> Whipped Vegeta in a tangle. Huh? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Man, tangled Vegeta—that's pretty serious. Uh, 